0: Hey, welcome to another episode of Clear Clearlight Connections, where we talk to the people behind the businesses of Bay Area Houston, proudly sponsored by UTMB Health. Today's special uh, guest is Dick Gregg Jr., and you are uh, the principal of Gregg & Gregg? Correct. Uh, let's talk about Gregg & Gregg first, because I think it's fascinating that uh, you kind of started this whole family business, but it's so specialized that the kids really have to want to get into it because they've got to do, what, eight years of education? Yes, that's true. So They both went to law school, South Texas Law School, where
1: my dad was on the board there. And they. that's, uh, that's a fine downtown law school, law school. And then once they came out of that process, my oldest came our, to our old law firm before I left. And uh, he and I decided
0: to leave together and start this firm in 1998. And the firm seems to specialize in... Representing municipalities. How would you get into that? that that's got to be interesting. Well, I was I
1: started out in the Attorney General's office. I was assistant attorney general in 1964 when I got out of law school. And I condemned land for federal highways. So started in public law in that experience. Uh, came out of it and went with a firm in La Porte that represented the school district and the city and some local uh, mud districts. And that led to more of that. And then I lived in Nassau Bay. I was the election judge and uh, this was 1970 and I, I was I was already running the elections. Uh we had an incorporation election the city was allowed to be incorporated people approved it. First group of candidates ran and my people won and I've been there ever since. So that was 1970. I've been the city attorney since
0: 1970. Yeah, and you've kind of grown up in this area. I mean, you've seen I, now we're talking about 50 plus years of change. More than that,
1: because we had a bay home down here when I was a child, so. My great grandfather bought a place on Red Bluff, he was, his name was Red, and <laughs> it uh, it came down through the family, and I, I spent most of my summers here. So I knew it when it was a cow pasture, and then it grew up and worked out nicely
0: for me to come into as a young lawyer. And I think your mom had a house uh, in Nassau Bay. She did. So I went to school uh, university with your your one of your nephews, Clark. Yes. And we went to that house and that was my introduction to Nassau Bay and I thought this is such a beautiful place.
1: I lived in that house after my mother died for, for a short time and then I sold it to my son. So it's, it's stayed in the family ever since my mother owned it. Yeah, yeah. it's
0: it's such a great area. Talk, well, talk to me about like what, what are some of the best changes you've seen in this area and then some of the things that maybe you're you're not quite as happy about having seen.
1: Well, the, the evolution of the various cities and the settlement of boundaries has calmed the political landscape, so there's no fights between cities anymore because there's no land to fight over. They, they go
0: up to each other pretty much. But uh, So now they just fight with each other, other internally. Over other things, yeah, in, <laughs> internally, that's right. <laughs> we have some interesting municipalities here.
1: Well, I represent, or our firm represents uh, seven of them or more in different capacities because my son Dick is, is a judge in several cities. Uh, Dickinson uh, uh, Kima is a he's a prosecutor Uh, he just was selected as city attorney in Clear Lake Shores he'll start there soon Uh, so he if, if we prosecute there then he can't be the judge if he's the judge we can't be the prosecutor so those things are balanced out depending on which city we're talking about but there's about seven or eight cities involved and, in and, some capacity.
0: And, and talk to me about working with your kids. That must be special uh, in some way, but it probably has some challenges. It does.
1: Um, I remember the first first day Dick came out into the office when we were in the new office, and he came around the desk. And it was unsettling to me because he wasn't over in the client chair. He was standing next to me. He was like, you're supposed to be over there. <laughs> <laughs> There's some things you have to get used to, but um, it's been very rewarding. And you you learn each other's quirks and uh, special uh, value when when you have that opportunity to be with somebody every day in stress and in happiness. It's a yeah. good thing to do.
0: Now you you've been heavily involved in the community. You've been chairman of the chamber. I I know you've been with Bayhead for a long time. Uh, you you're into the arts. T- talk to me about why it was always important to you to get involved in the community. Well,
1: somehow you have to advertise in order to get business and you can buy the back of the phone book or sign up for newspaper ads or whatever but I've always felt like joining organizations and doing something as a way of giving back and also gets you connected to different aspects of the community I've been chairman of the Rotary Club uh, the uh, development advisory council at U of H uh, bio uh, of course various cities and things this chamber I've been on the League City Chamber before. Um, I've done several things like that. Assistance League is something I handle. I, I do work for. So all those things have been useful in terms of meeting people and finding how how uh, the community works. Because you you learn it from the inside from the people who run it, and that's really the most accurate way to find out about a city. Not what it looks like, but what they what they do. Yeah. As, as Nixon's people used to say, "Watch what we do, and not what we say."
0: Yeah, and and, and you've definitely you've definitely uh, walked the talk. I mean, I, you've been so involved that uh, you know you've you've had your hands on a, a lot of organizations, and uh, you do see your name quite a bit around town on advisory boards and things like that.
1: I'm proud of that. It's uh, it's been rewarding, and I've gotten to know a lot of a lot of people that are special in my life.
0: Yeah. So, tell me about. Maybe a, a a memory of what Clear Lake was like way back when you were coming. I mean, you said even before nineteen seventy.
1: Well, my grandmother's studebaker. When I was in my short pants and barefooted, standing on the front seat, when you could do that as a little kid. Then I'd say, that's how we came to the bay, and uh, we would come down for the summer. And I was the first grandchild of, of many different families. So, i they in those days, different families owned it for piecemeal. I'd wave one off and wave another one on. So I was. I was really here the whole summer and uh, that was that was very of course very rural in those days a lot of cows a lot of pasture a lot of oil fields and a lot of shrimpers and not much else
0: it's it's hard for people to imagine you know now when you come through just what it was back then i mean it, like you said it was very rural and if you had been here you'd length the
1: time there, there were places there were places like the hop that were bait camps and you could buy shrimp and a beer if you wanted to, if you were old enough, and same thing happened in Seabrook on what was called Curly's Corner, but it was out in the middle of that intersection, and if you've been here through the years, it's shrunk, 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 now it's gone, because the road, of 146, kept widening, but in the early days, that was a nice house with crab nets, and uh, you could get off the hot asphalt your bare feet and onto the part that had the melted ice and make, made your feet feel good.
0: <laughs> so. It- and you know, people come now. I guess you were here before Johnson Space Center. Yeah, I was. Talk to me about what that was like, because that's that in and of itself. It kind of exploded, and it created all these neighborhoods. And well, my
1: dad was general counsel of the Friendswood Development Company, which and that was their that was their political their their uh, real estate arm uh, from Exxon. He was involved in negotiation with Rice for the Lunar Science Institute and for acquisition of land for and getting NASA here, so that. One of the things I, in order to have Bayport be successful for Exxon, they wanted something else. They got they got LBJ to approve uh, coming here with with NASA. That developed near Clear Lake City, which would, and Clear Lake Forest, and all the different developments that they had. So it was partly economic and partly uh, um, land development. But th- those were those were the early days of how it worked. You had a single type of home in Clear Lake City, a guy named Dell Webb was the builder, and you could have one of six or seven standard homes, but that was it. That market didn't work, and only a company like Exxon had enough money to say, okay, Dell, that's the end of this, you're gone, and that's when they created Friendswood Development Company. Is that
0: the same Dell Webb that does uh, the Sun Cities? Yes. Oh, wow. But
1: it didn't work here, Yeah. and so they, they realized that it wasn't gonna work. It started out with a joint venture, they got rid of the joint venture, and they created uh, Clear Lake City and the various developments after that.
0: Yeah, I guess the audience was too particular. You had engineers, you had ne- uh, astronauts, you had all these you know very bright people. I guess they wanted something more than just like that standard. And it, since
1: it grew up out of the prairie, nobody's grandmother was here, nobody's mother was here to tell them what to do. We had splashdown parties and things that probably wouldn't do these days. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it was a different environment, a different culture. Yeah. And it was interesting to be a young lawyer at that time. And, yeah. watch some of the people that what they did and why they did
0: it. So the, the Greg the Gregs have a long history through through this area long as history, far as influence and what, what what are you most proud of when it comes to you know your your time here in this community?
1: I I, I think the creation of a of a law firm that, that uh, has a, a broad base of public law support and, and the fact that it led to other things like uh, various oper- various non organizations that thought that it would be nice for me to be on there and i agreed with him so yeah hard to turn some of them <laughs> hard, down. Yeah. so some some you could but some were hard to turn down yeah yeah that's true
0: so i heard you give an invocation at a, a Bayhep quasar event mm-hmm. and it was the most texas invocation i've ever heard um and apparently, you write a lot. I do. Tell me, tell me about your writing a little bit, and how you got into that, and what it does for you.
1: Well, I, I enjoy writing. It's a, it's a creative process. That, and I'm married to a woman who is a poet, and she she has the same appreciation for language that I do. Uh, that makes it fun to get up in the morning. Instead of playing Scrabble or something, I can just sit and write in the quiet of the morning. So I will get up about five thirty or six, and I usually write for about an hour. And it's more of a journal kind of thing for now, but I've done different things for different years and and uh, trying to put something together but haven't done it yet, but that's the plan. possibly publishing. Maybe nice. yeah, maybe so. yeah,
0: I, I think you've probably got a uh, like we talked about, you've got enough stories probably to fill a nice book for this area.
1: Well, there were some other some publications that were here in the early days that I used to write for. In fact, I wrote for Rick Clapp's original publications. I had a column in there for a while. And uh, then there was this one called, uh, not small change, but what was that? What was the name? It was a small. It was a, a small neighborhood publication, and a group called Edgar. I've, I've done different things, but I like to write. And yeah, it's nice to have a deadline and maybe six hundred words, eight hundred words quota, and try to try to meet the timetable on it. I, uh, I'm not doing that right now, but it's a good
0: exercise uh, to keep
1: you sharp. It is, and that's kind of the key to longevity. It is. I agree with that. Yeah. It beats not knowing
0: what day of the week it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guilty sometimes. Uh, usually when I'm on vacation. <laughs> so Dick, it's been it's been a tremendous pleasure. Thank um, you. My pleasure. Too. I, I look forward to that book one day because I, I think you know, just the, the the breadth of knowledge that you have on how this area has developed into the area it is it's, it's fascinating.
1: Thank you. I Appreciate it. i enjoyed this.
0: Thanks a lot.